morning. And welcome to Wild Humanity Baptist Church. I have a few announcements I want to start us out with. Number one, we have scheduled Randy Fair, but uh, he canceled last night. So be in prayer for him and his family as they were exposed to COVID-19. Best to your prayers and for God's protection. So please keep them in prayer and please remember them in your thoughts. All right. Uh, our OCC packing party was a huge success. We filled 201 boxes. A special thanks to BJ for coordinating and all who participated. Our theme box challenge is, amen, go ahead and give them a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Our theme box challenge is still open until November 22nd, so get involved in that right there. National Collection Week, which will be from November 16th to the 23rd. We still need volunteers. Uh, Sign-up sheets out there. Training is this afternoon from 3.30 uh, to about 4.30, so come and be a part of that as well. Our turkey outreach is going well. We have a list of live turkeys. Volunteers are still needed to drop some of those turkeys off. We're going to need about uh, two hours of your time on November 20th to drop the turkeys off or to be here as those are picking them up. Um, so uh, if you'll look out there, you'll also see a box that is our food for families. Uh, that will be turned in on the 20th as well. And we'll be collecting that through this week, so please prayerfully consider being a part of that. We're also still looking for a Sunday school class to adopt our Lottie Moon Mission uh, emphasis. What that means is we're looking for a class who wants to pick up and run with a team and promote it and uh, help give us some information about that. And, you know, educate us a little bit on what Lottie Moon Christmas offering is and what it's about. So if your class is interested in that, let me or Amber know. Uh, coming up December 5th, first, we have a wonderful opportunity. The Tri Rivers Baptist area has invited us to come and be a part of their WME gathering at the Tri Rivers Baptist area in Hamilton, Texas. And so uh, that starts from 10 to 2. And so uh, I'll be leaving there that day to go be a part of that. If you want to ride with me, you're welcome to be in that. So uh, it is a neat emphasis and a neat opportunity. So please prayerfully consider being a part of that as well. Also, church, we are looking for people to join our praise team. Practice is at uh, 9 a.m. in the morning. So if you're interested in being part of our praise team, Show up on Sunday at 9 and get with Brother Robert back there. Uh, Cantata practice is Sunday evenings at 4.30. And as always, we would love to have you at our evening worship at 6 o'clock Sundays and, of course, Wednesday night at 6.30. With that being said, there is no OCC video today, so let's go right into our welcome. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to thank you for being here with us. And we want to welcome you. Next, you can take the time to fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place an offering place to come around so we can have a record of your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and after we pray, let's get right into our prayer. Father God, we come to you now in Jesus' name. The first thing we want to do is give you praise and honor and glory. Thank you, Lord God, that we were able to wake up this morning in a free country, Lord, where we can still gather together in your holy and righteous name and ask your blessings upon us. So right now, Lord, we're asking you to put your hands upon the United States. We're asking, Father God, that you would lead us and guide us and direct us down pathways of righteousness for your name. I pray, Lord, as we gather together this morning to praise your name, that you would open our hearts, Lord, to hear from you. Open our ears, Lord, to know that when you speak, Lord, I pray, Father God, you open your word to us and reveal your truth. That if there be anyone this morning that needs to come to know you personally, Lord, and Savior, would you let today be that very day? Lord, we pray for those who are out traveling, for those that are sick, Lord, and for those, Father, who have been exposed to COVID-19. Ask you to protect them, Lord, bless them. Let them know that we love them and are praying for them and bring them safely back to you. And we give you the praise, honor, and glory, even now, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you all very much. Well, good morning. Good morning. As you can tell, I'm not Randy Fair, and this is not my family. So, <laughs> so uh, 
church family, yes. But uh, it was a sad uh, phone call I got yesterday when he let me know that uh, there was two people that he had been in contact with that tested positive, and he didn't want to take the chance on coming here and possibly infecting the church. And I, uh, I agree with that and uh, support him in that decision. So if y'all please stand up. Uh, these songs weren't chose for any particular reason, except I think most of them have uh, something to make you think. So let's start off, and we're going to sing Higher Ground. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day.
beautiful brother Glenn. Thank you very much. Y'all please stand again. We'll get ready to uh, start going into our actual preaching session, and we'll sing Satisfied with Jesus.
with everything that's going on right now, we're almost, this year has been almost a year now, uh, this song just came to me and uh, gives me something to, some hope to look forward to. I hope you enjoy it. Stand and sing that chorus with me. There'll be peace in the valley for me someday. There'll be peace in the valley for me, dear Lord, I pray. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble. Y'all may be seated. Thank you very much. Good morning. 
you have your Bibles with you, open me please to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, one of my favorite books, contains one of my favorite stories, the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. Yes, the book of Exodus. There is no real title for this morning's message, uh, but if we were to put a theme in it, it's going to be that God takes you where you are. God will take you where you are. God will use you as you are, and God will use what you have. Amen? And some of you have been asking that question. Is, Pastor, can God take me? Can God use me? Uh, do I have enough for God? And let me tell you, uh, God is enough. That's what we forget right there. So, if you would, turn with me Exodus chapter 3. And let's read just those two verses right there, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Father God, we come to now in Jesus' name, thanking you for your word. And I pray, Lord God, as we read and study your word and look into it, that you would take it and use it for your will, Lord, your name would be glorified and magnified in it. And I also pray, Lord, if there be anybody out here this morning that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, anybody, Father, that's watching us on our live stream that needs to come to know you, would you let today be the day? Would you let now be the time? Would you let there be rejoicing in heaven, Father, to give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name? Amen. When you get into something like Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, you'll find that there is usually some scholarly debate. There's always something to talk about, and there's always something to learn. In fact, when we get into Exodus 3.14, the question everybody has is, I am who I am. If you have an older King James, you might say, I am that I am. Some other versions, I am uh, what I will be, or something of that nature. And the question always comes back is, Brother Josh, what does the Hebrew say? Well, I'm so glad you asked this morning, amen? <laughs> I am who I am. In fact, we see that a lot in the New Testament. Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And that's an exact reference to that statement right there. So what is going on here? What is that? And so I need for you to go with me just for a second down the Hebrew road, if you will. And let's take a look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 in Hebrew. We're just going to look at that phrase, I am who I am in Hebrew. Are you ready? I'm going to give it to you in Hebrew. So it sounds something like this. A yeah, Asher, a yeah. Isn't that cool? A yeah, Asher, a yeah. You say to the children of Israel, Ayah, Asher, Ayah, I am who I am. Or literally, I will be what I will be because I was what I was and I'm going to continue being who I am. That's all that rolled into one. Isn't that cool? I am who I am. By the way, I don't need to remind you this morning that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? I don't have to remind you of that. You're already drawn to conclusions, right? We're in a Baptist church this morning. We're supposed to be people of the book. We read God's book every day. Go like this, right? Amen? Some of you will be repenting at the end of the service, right? <laughs> That's right. Now, be honest this morning. So, And open your heart to Jesus Christ. So you're supposed to be reading God's Word every day. You're supposed to be feeding on it. You're supposed to be eating it into your heart, into your life. And therefore, and therefore what comes out of your heart, what comes out of your mouth is what comes out of your heart. 
And so what you need to think about is like this. If you've got a problem, and somebody talked with me this week saying, Pastor, I've got a problem with what comes out of my mouth. And I said, well, what are you putting in your heart? And that's the question. If you are putting God's Word into your heart, what do you think will come out of your mouth? God's Word. Amen or oh me this morning. So, as God is responding to Moses in a very difficult time, in a time of uncertainty, a time of let me run away uh, from what's happening in my life. And that's what Moses did. Now, I love the story of Moses, so I want to digress just a little bit. Moses, as you know, is born, put into the river. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter finds him, raises him up as her own, and brings him into her household. And But Moses is not really ignorant of what's going on. One day the Bible tells us he goes out and looks upon his brothers, and he sees an Egyptian taskmaster beating one of the Hebrew uh, servants. And so he kills them and hides them in the sand. And he thinks, nobody knows what's going on. And church, he wakes up in the morning and finds two of his Hebrew brothers arguing. And, of course, he intervenes. And what do they say? Are you going to kill us like you did the Egyptians? And right then and there, a fear comes upon Moses. The fear is, if they know, Pharaoh knows. They know, Pharaoh knows. So I want to bring out a spiritual truth to you this morning. Before we even get deep into God's Word, that truth is this. You might think you have a secret this morning. You might think you have something that nobody knows. You might think you've hidden it from Pharaoh. You might think you've hidden it from your family, from your friends. But I want you to know that God knows. Amen. He hid the body of that Egyptian in the sand, thinking that nobody would find it. But through that time and through where he thought it was secret, the wind blew, the sand uncovered a dead body. And guess what? Everybody knew what Moses had done. So you might be sitting here in the pew this morning thinking, nobody knows. I fooled them all. Well, I want you to know you haven't fooled God. The winds are still blowing, and God is still unveiling secrets. But I also want you to know that God is in the business of forgiving those secrets. Amen. He is in the forgiving business. And perhaps you're one of those this morning that says, can God use me? Can God take me? Can God make me into something great? I want you to know that if He could take Moses, who was a murderer, and turn him into something wonderful, imagine what He could do with you. Get excited a little bit this morning. It's a little cold outside, so it's a little sluggish, right? Is that it? When I woke up this morning and I put my feet down on the floor, the first thing I said was, it's cold. I don't know what time y'all got. I got about five this morning, and when my feet got down on that cold, hard floor, I knew it was 5.53 this morning. So when I got up at five and put my foot down on the floor, I knew that the weather has changed. Amen? I thought, I was so blessed with those 70s and 80s, and now all of a sudden the cold is coming. What happened? The same with Moses, church. One day Moses was doing great. Moses decided he would help. Moses did a terrible deed. Moses hid it, and what was hidden became known. He runs away. He gets a, a good life with his wife and with Jethro, his father-in-law, until one day he comes across a burning bush. The burning bush reveals, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And finally, Moses comes back with a question of all questions. What is your name? What is your name? Because I don't know how to talk to my brothers if I don't know your name. And that's the question we have right now. How do I talk to the lost? 
How do I talk to those that need Jesus? How do I talk to those that are dying in their sin? Those that have secrets hidden in the sand? How do I talk to them? What do I tell them your name is? God responds with a yes, actually, a yes. We've already given you the definition of it. It means I am who I am. Or literally, I will be what I will be because I was what I was. And I'll never stop being what I am. I am who I am. I am what I will be. I will be because I always have been. I am. In other words, Moses, I am exactly what you need. I remember the first time I did an ordination service to a pastor in Cement, Kentucky. And I preached this service to him. But his question to me was, what do I need to continue being a preacher? What do I need to continue being a pastor? I need books. I need education. And I reminded him, all you need is God. That's all we've ever needed. When you want to know how to reach the lost of Copper Cove, you don't need books. You don't need ways and methods. You need Jesus Christ. You need God the Father. Now listen to God as He speaks to Moses this morning. He says, I am who I am because I will be what I always will be. I'll never stop being what I was. And yeah, actually, yeah, I am exactly what you need, Moses. Nothing less and nothing more. Let's illustrate that point this morning. God takes you and uses you where you are. Gave you a case in point, Moses, right? In fact, you ever heard that old joke? Moses was a basket case, didn't he? But God could take a basket case and put him to work leading Israel out of Egypt. Imagine what he could do with you. So keep your fingers in Exodus chapter 3, but look over in chapter 4. And let's take a look at how God uses Moses just where he was with what he had. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. We'll go through this pretty quickly here. The Bible says in verse 1, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me, or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. Now look at verse 2. God says, What's that in your hand? He says, A rod. What's that in your hand, Moses? A rod. What is that in your hand? And I want you to know that Father God is still calling out Moses today. He's still calling out those to lead his children out of Egypt. And they're still coming up with the same excuses. I don't have anything. They're not going to believe me. And God is still saying, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? All Moses had was a doggone stick. Amen? That's all he had. What's that in your hand, Moses? A rod. And you know what he did with that rod? He threw that rod down in front of Pharaoh and it became a serpent, didn't he? He put that rod down next to the water and the water became blood. He threw that rod up into the sky and God parted the Red Sea. Moses, what's that in your hand? It's just a stick. Amen. It's just a stick. Because all you've ever needed was God. That's all you're ever going to need is God. That's all you've ever needed was God. Moses, what's that in your hand? Are you one of those that says, Pastor, I don't have anything. I can't reach the lost. Let me tell you something. God's in the business of using whatever you have. 
Well, when I was a kid, I remember we used to make fun of each other. Talk about how we wanted to change the world or what we were going to do with our plans and our dreams. And one of my brothers would always respond with saying, well, I got $5 in the car. Let's go. You know what? God responded to Moses. You got a stick. Let's go. You got a stick. Let's change the world. Let's change the world. Let's take a nation that was captive to the most powerful nation in the world and set them free. And not just set them free, but we will bring them into a country all their own, a land flowing with milk and honey. And all you've got in your hand is a measly old stick. God can do a miracle to those who are willing to obey. When's the last time you've been willing to obey? When's the last time God has called you to the lost across the coast, to the lost across the street? When's the last time God has said that? And you said, Lord, they're not going to believe me. I want you to hear God right now saying, what's that in your hand? Church, what is in your hand? You've got so much more than a rod. You've got the Word of God in your hand. You've got your church family praying for you. You've got the support of all of those who love you and you are dear to. What's that in your hand? Moses, it's a rod. What's that? It's just a rod. You know what? When God gets involved, it's not just a rod. It's a rod of God. Amen? And yeah, Asher, and yeah, Moses, I am exactly what? You need. You don't need anything more. You don't need anything less. You've never needed anything but God. And right now, you're just sitting there in this chair saying, I'm waiting, God, for the time to be right. God, I've been waiting to join your church. God, I've been waiting to get saved. All you need is God. You don't need anything else but God. So, what's in your hand? Think about that for a second. What's in your hand? Well, I've got another question for you. What's in your house? What's in your house? Look with me in 1 Kings chapter 17. And I know we're going to have some scriptures here to read, so we'll go through them quickly. But I'm going to keep, iterate, keep, keep illustrating this point. If God can take you where you are, then God can use anything you have. And all Moses had was a stick, and Israel got delivered. Take a look at what happens in 1 Kings 17, where we meet uh, Elijah here. So look with me in verse 8 of 1 Kings 17. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, to go Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Time out. Isn't that just like a Baptist to stop somebody doing what they were doing and say, Bring me a drink of water? Isn't that just like a man, lady? I'm thirsty. Stop what you're doing. Bring me a drink. I only had one amen there. All the guys were quiet. You know, we, they, you know what I'm talking about. This is the widow. She's got one son. She's poor. She's destitute. She has no hope. She has nothing to lean on. Church, she is so poor. It's pathetic. And God tells Elijah to sit down. You're going to go to her house. And she's going to provide for you. I don't know about you, but I smell a miracle coming. Amen. I see a miracle coming. You might be one of those that's thinking, I don't have anything God can use. I promise you, you got a stick somewhere. Amen. I promise you, all you need is a heart that says, God is speaking to me. And I know there are people caught up 
into captivity, into slavery of drugs, alcoholism, pornography, of racism, of hatred. And it's time for God's people to stand up to Pharaoh again and say, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go. You've got more than just a stick in your hand. You've got God Almighty with you. Uh, yeah, Asher, uh, yeah. You've got He who never changes with you. And if He delivered Israel all those years ago, He's going to deliver the Christians from captivity. He's going to deliver the United States. He's going to deliver all of those who call upon His name. Here's Elijah. Get me a drink. Get me a drink. Look at verse 10. So he rose, went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gates of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. Why is she gathering sticks? To make a fire. Why is she gathering firewood? She's too old. She's crippled. She's hurting. And she can't do it anymore. She's just picking sticks up. And he called her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Look at verse 11. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Boy, that guy's self-centered, amen? <laughs> Think about that for a second. It really has nothing to do with self-centeredness or selfishness. It has everything to do with God told me you're going to provide for me. And I believe God can use even this broken down widow. God can use a stick. Notice we got sticks in the story again, right? So, God can use a stick. God can use Moses, a murderer. God can use... A widow is there. Look what God does here. So she said, this is how she answered him, in verse 12. As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. You see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks, and I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Listen to her hopes and dreams. We're going to eat our last meal. All I have is you have an old two fingers, a cruise of oil, a cruise of a small, small, small jar, y'all. I have a little oil in it, and with it I'm going to mingle it with this handful of flour that I have, and I'm going to make unleavened bread. I'm going to make matzo with it. That's a saltine without salt, y'all. I'm going to make two pieces of saltine. We're going to eat it. We're going to hold each other and die. We have nothing else in this world. We have no other hope in this world. We have nothing coming, no reason to continue going on. And so Elijah shows up. Well, you got to love Elijah. He's one of my favorite prophets. He's crazy. He's sporadic. He's spontaneous. And I think he's a little zany, too. Anybody who eats grasshoppers has got to be a little nuts. Amen. That's all he ate was grasshoppers till he got here. When he got here, he started eating a little bread. So, thank God he got a woman in his life. And she was the first thing she did was, we're changing your diet, pal. <laughs> you ever wondered why Elijah probably wasn't married? Every woman he met, she was like, what are you eating, man? He's like, grasshoppers. She's like, nah. It's time for me to go somewhere else. Here is Elijah. Go and make me some bread. And she says, I'm going to make bread, but it's going to be for me and my son, and we're going to eat it, and we're going to die. Look with me in verse 13. Elijah said to her, do not fear. You ever heard that before? You ever heard that? You might be hearing that right now. Every time the pastor gives the invitation, you hear the Holy Spirit say, don't be afraid. Come on down the aisle. 
you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you say, don't be afraid. They're not judging you. Don't be afraid. They're not going to think anything of you. Don't be afraid. Come on down and put Jesus in your heart. Let Jesus get in your life. You've got to stick. Get ready for deliverance. You've got the Word of God. Get ready for a nation to be reborn. Watch in your hand. Well, in this case, can God do this? What's in your house? When you'll surrender a house to God, imagine what can happen. If Moses could surrender what was in his hand and he delivered a nation, what's going to happen when this widow surrenders what's in her house? What's in your house? Look at verse 13. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you said. Well, I love that right there. You go ahead and eat your bread and die. But before you do it, take care of me, right? Make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourselves and your son. And now we're going to hear the word of the Lord. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The thin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. I need you to understand the prophetic picture here. The prophetic picture here is that the word of God had become scarce because God's word, listen to me now, God's word is daily bread. It's not occasional cake. It's something you're supposed to eat on, feed on, feast on, Christian, every single day in your life. And at this time, nobody was eating God's Word. At this time, nobody was feasting on God's bread. They were trying to find occasional cake, but they were turning their noses up at the bread. And here's God saying, I'm going to give you the Word of God. I'm going to give you the bread of life. I'm going to give you what you need to take care of you until the rains come. And when the rains come, there's going to be revival. There's going to be blessing. There's going to be a cry out, a shout out for God Almighty like this world has never heard. And I believe with all my heart, now listen to me for just a second, I believe that as the children of God right now, we're broken down, we're widows, we've got nothing but a handful of flour, we got nothing but a little jar full of oil, but God God has sent us Elijah the prophet, and Elijah's telling us, don't be afraid, because if you will stay in God's Word and eat on God's Word, one of these days, the rains are coming, amen? I'm ready to get soaked. I'm ready for it. All we've got to do is not be afraid and start pumping out those little cakes. Start pumping out those pieces of bread. We've forgotten how to do that. All we've got to do is surrender our house to God, amen? What can God do with a stick in somebody's hand to deliver a nation? What can God do with a house that's surrendered to God? He can bring about revival. Amen? Look in here in verse uh, 15 here. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. The thin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by but we can see God takes you and uses you right where you are and with what you have. He took Moses and he said, what's that in your hand? He took this widow and said, what's in your house? A rod and a jar of oil. A rod and a jar of oil. Boy, that doesn't sound like much, does it? That sounds like nothing at all. Point and what I want to make up to you is our God, the one we worship, God, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not changing. He is who He says 
he is. He is a yeah, actor, a yeah. He is who he is. Like he said to Moses, I am who I am. Let's take a look at one more question that we might have. One more question that most of us have. You look at God using Moses saying, what's in your hand? God using the widow saying, what's in your house? How about those times in our life where we say, God, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? We've grown over these years, haven't we? We've got a wealth of knowledge right in our pocket. We can access the Internet. We've got Google. We don't look anything up. You know, encyclopedias don't exist anymore. True. Funny, I just heard someone's cell phone go off. Amen. Some of us have our Bibles on our phones. Nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. Boy, have we let go of what it means to have nothing. We've let go of what it means to, to want something. Everything's at a fingertip. Now turn with me to John chapter 20. Let's take a look at the question we all ask. And we've all asked God before, what's in your hand? You ask me what I'm willing to give? You ask me what I'm willing to surrender? You're telling me not to be afraid? You're telling me to have faith? Well, what's in your hand, Jesus? Look with me in John chapter 20. And let's meet a man named Thomas. Thomas. Called Didymus. So if you have a New King James, just win. One of the twelve. We're in verse 24 of John chapter 20. He was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, Guess what, boy? Thomas is absolutely positively a Baptist. And probably a Baptist preacher at that. He says, Unless I see in his hand, Prince of the nail, and put my finger into the print of the nail, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. What's in your hand, Jesus? You know, so many years ago, Father God asked Moses, What's in your hand? So many years ago, Father God asked the widow, What's in your hand? And 2,000 years ago, Thomas looked up at Jesus and said, What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Look at me in verse 27. He said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hand. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. I want to set the scene for you. What was in your mind, God, in that upper room? So Thomas had just come back, and everybody's excited. They're ecstatic. They're on fire. They say, Thomas, we saw Jesus. Now, this ain't the first time Thomas has heard this. But Thomas, like most of us, feels like he's always a day late and a dollar short. You ever been there before? How come it ain't happening to me? How come God's not talking to me? How come God's not using me? How come everybody else gets excited? How come they're going to church and they're happy? I go to church and I'm like, where's my joy? There right now, brother. Are you there right now? Perhaps Thomas could be better than Moses. Perhaps Thomas could be better than the widow. You know, Thomas could be a bit better than you. Jesus, what's in your hand? After all those times, we've heard all those stories. To that one day. Jesus appeared in Thomas' face. And Jesus revealed to Thomas not only 
so I know what you said. Not only do I know what you feel, but I want you to know I can trust you. I can change that. I want you to know God forgives you and you're doubting. I want you to know that you can reach out and touch me. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 26. Reach your finger here and look at my hand. Reach your finger and look at my hand. You want to know what's in my hand? When you get to heaven, it'll be the only man-made thing there. It's a nail in Jesus' hands. Church, are you a Thomas this morning? And you just say, God, what's in your hand? You ask me all the time, what's in mine? What's in your hand? You know what's there? The nail Perhaps you're one this morning who says, Pastor. All these years, I've been asking God to show me something. I've been asking God to tell me something. I've been asking God to prove to me. And all I ever see is the nail. That's because Thomas is here. That's because Thomas is here. Perhaps you're one of those who says, Pastor, I know the nail prints, and I believe. But like Moses, I hidden something in his hand. And I know that the winds are blowing and I know that my secret will be revealed when God forgives. Don't take that thing to me. Perhaps you're one of those who says, Pastor, I am at my wit's end in my house and in my life. I have nothing but just a little bit of flour and a very small jar of oil. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's my heart pain. Perhaps it's time for you Your word. Send me your word. I love the rest of that story. Her oil and her flowers did not run out until the rain came. Can you trust God for that this morning? Perhaps you're one of those who says, I need to see Jesus. <laughs> Listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus said to him in verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Have you ever been one of those who said, I need to see? Have you listened to Jesus this morning? Don't see. Just now. Just now. Has Jesus spoken to you this morning about giving your heart and your life to Him? Has Jesus spoken to you about getting right with Him? Perhaps you are that Christian and you've been out of sin. Would you be willing to come? And get your heart right with them. Or perhaps God is talking to you about being a member at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. Whatever it is, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. We're going to have a word of prayer and he's spoken to you. Would you be willing to come? Let's pray together. Father, we come to now in Jesus' name. And we want to thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Lord, you'd reach out and touch us, Lord. Take charge of this time. Lord, if there be anyone that needs to come to know you as personal, Lord, send you. If there be anyone, Father, that needs to get their heart right with you, their Christian walk right, would you let now be that time? Or anyone, Father, you to become a member of Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Would you let your name be glorified? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you come as we sing to you, sir, would you come this morning? Would you come?
that in your hands? Come on. What's that in your house? Come on. What's in Jesus' hands? Come on. with us here at Rob Sanders Baptist Church. Don't forget, uh, there will be that training space for OCC at 3.30. Don't forget, Cantata practice at 4.30. Don't forget, Sunday night worship at 6. And again tonight, Bible study at 6.30. If anybody has any last-minute prayer requests, questions, or comments for me, yes, ma'am. Thursday night men's Bible study at what time? Six thirty. There you go. I appreciate that. All right. Do we know other announcements? Pray with us. Let's close in a word of prayer. Brother Joe, you close in prayer for the church.